Welcome to Shatter by Rockwall Automation Women in the Field. We're your hosts, Olivia Robertson and Corinne Pellish. Hey, Olivia, how are you today? Doing great. How are you doing? I am also doing great. It's been a, it's been a week, but I am, I am doing just fine. No complaints. But hey, we're here podcasting the fun part of our week, right? It is the fun part of our week. And doesn't it feel like just yesterday we were talking about the idea of this podcast? Yes, it definitely was. And it's, it's awesome that this has become a reality. We've had so much great support and we're excited to jump right in. Absolutely. So here is Shatter. A little bit about the why of this podcast. So Corinne and I have been talking about doing this podcast for a while, as we mentioned, but why a podcast in general? This is a podcast that we're primarily putting out there for our female counterparts and um, members of the industrial automation industry, right? So- what are what are we focusing on? Why are we doing this? Like, I guess let's start with some numbers. So per Deloitte's 2016 study, women totaled about 47% of the U.S. labor workforce. However, only 20, 29% of manufacturing. So only 30%, basically, of all people in the manufacturing workforce are women. Why are we so underrepresented? One reason, though, could be because traditionally manufacturing jobs are really thought of being as dirty, kind of gritty, mm-hmm. a little bit hard, maybe some monotony and boringness because it's like the same yeah. process in and out maybe, but it's not I like think- the, I guess, super appealing tech industry. Some of the stuff that's right. out in Silicon Valley, maybe that's that's could yeah. be a part of it. I don't know. I, I think that they're definitely missing. The overall perception is that there's no creativity or problem solving, but in reality, there's so much of that in this space. Absolutely. And there's so many available positions as well. And women are more than capable to fill that gap. I just, there is a major misconception and that probably is a portion of what's driving that underrepresentation. Manufacturing is all about problem solving and creativity. It's just not as well known. You know, people don't think, oh, wow, it's all about traditional, you know, engineering and let me solve this problem and become more lean and cut costs and, and make a new product or, or whatever it might be. Uh, that's just not the traditional thought process. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So also going along with there only being 29% women in the industrial automation space, this is also confirmed where nearly three quarters or 72% of the women surveyed also believe that they're underrepresented. So not only is it a physical, we are underrepresented, but all the women also feel like that, that they're underrepresented amongst their peers as well as in their leadership team. So it's, it's really difficult, I would say, for women to want to enter these types of roles if it doesn't feel traditional, if we're not seeing other women in these roles to begin with. I mean, every, every industrial and manufacturing 
organization has the C-suite, right? The leadership team, they've got, they've got junior management, they've got director level people. And if we're not seeing women there, it's hard to see, like a, have women have a dream to be in that position, right? Absolutely. So feeling underrepresented, I feel like it just layers on in generational space in terms of, I don't see someone there. That's not a space I should be in. You know, it, it builds into those stereotypes that we're trying to break. Absolutely. I think at Rockwell, we are very lucky that our management acknowledges this and we have tons of women in different positions that we are able to look up to. However, I think we also need to acknowledge that when women look for different positions in the manufacturing industry, they're looking based on certain wants or desires in a career or role. So what's important to women within a job or career? Attractive pay, right? So are we fairly compensated for the work we're doing? Uh, Is it a good number, right? I mean, it's a STEM career, so we want to be compensated appropriately. Number two, being a challenging and interesting work in day-to-day job, right? You, everyone wants to feel that they're making a difference and that they're pushing their um, development, whether it's professionally or personally within their day job. And then finally, that work-life balance. I've, if anyone fully figures out work-life balance, let me know because I think everyone's still working on that optimum um, balance per se, but I would say that is becoming more and more important specifically to women. Definitely. And with that, a staggering less than 15% of women Mm, surveyed believed that their industry is very accepting of family and personal commitments. Wow. Less than 15% actually think that our industry accepts their outside of work priorities. Isn't that insane? That is, that is wild. And it, there's probably a layer of not only accepting those commitments, but also I, I believe that women are sometimes impaired for making those decisions and supporting those commitments, right? So if you think about a lot of the emotional stress that comes with supporting a family and taking maternity leave and how are those things perceived by your employer, right? I would agree that that stat is, is startling, but also I'm not surprised because I think there's been a lot of that, that feel just by being a woman in the workforce. Right. Right. And women are taking a lot of that responsibility outside of work on. Mm -hmm. And once again, the survey also says that more than 40% of women are either responsible for the majority of their household duties or share their home responsibilities equally with their spouse or partner. Wow. So once again, I would say almost 50% of women take on that responsibility. Right. And it's not just that, it's the majority of those household duties. Right. So having that work-life balance is incredibly important. Absolutely. So as we jump into discussing some of these issues and trying to shine a light on how we can change them or build a community to at least bring some of these things to the surface, what what are some of the programs that women rank most impactful within an organization? Well, formal and informal mentorship 
is incredibly important. Mm. Being able to receive some pointers or overall guidance from their peers and mm-hmm. maybe someone that might be in a higher uh, position is super impactful. Right. Also having, again, right. very flexible work practices, going back to that work-life balance that they need, mm-hmm. having a program or a, a general company that is willing to let them work flexibly, maybe work from home a few times a week, mm-hmm. uh, allow them to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I think increasing the visibility of key leaders who serve as role models. And what we mean by that is yeah. female role models need to be visible throughout all levels of the organization. So it's much easier to inspire to what you can see through other leaders. Right. If I see you as the CEO, I know that one day I could be a CEO. Right. Versus if it's all men at the top, it just it doesn't feel like something that I would look towards becoming. Exactly. Yeah. So we've made a lot of good progress. I think overall, you know, as, as women supporting women, men supporting women, as it becoming more of a conversation within organizations in uh, diversity and inclusion efforts are becoming more business focused um, because there are economic gains, but there's still a lot of room for improvement organizations still need to make a lot of effort to attract, retain, and develop women. And so as we think about what else needs to be done, how do we start with the metricing of women and how standards in terms of how we're perceived in performance? You know, we've got a really neat statistic on over 71% of surveyed women believe standards of performance differ for men and women with 87% of these believing the standards are higher for women. Wow. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, I think so. Standards are higher for women. So, and and maybe women are more judgmental of themselves, but Mm -hmm. the fact that it's perceived that women have to perform better than their, their male counterparts. Right. Well, and think about too, there's, I mean, whether it's, it was through engineering school or our current roles, we are often one of the only females in a meeting or in a room, whether it's internal or external. And so there's a lot of pressure to make sure you almost don't let down the whole female cohorts behind you. You know what I mean? Like that pressure of if I screw up a number or a presentation or some type of message delivery, then individuals are going to look at women as not being competent or um, strong enough technically or whatever that might be versus, Hey, I'm just a, I'm just one of many, right? There are, maybe I messed up, but that doesn't mean all women can't do this or I can't bounce back. So there's just not as many data points for people. Right. And so I, oh my gosh, I would absolutely get behind this statistic because I think, I mean, I've personally experienced that, that difference of standard. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I've felt the same struggles throughout engineering school as well too. Mm. So within our personal, personal day-to-day jobs as well. So, so yeah, absolutely. So it's a tough one. Right. And, and the thing is, is that this isn't just 
between men and women. I think we can mm-hmm. also talk through that it's also between women and women too, that mm-hmm. there's this almost competition between women that in our industry, you want to be the top performer and there's this competitive nature. Right. And I think that stems from thinking, you know, as I am the only female in this room or meeting that, hey, there's only one spot at the table versus there should be a million open spots at the table. We all deserve that voice and we need representation to help drive that strategy. And so how do we continuously support one another to make sure that our voices are heard, to make sure that women are not being part of the problem Mm -hmm. here, right? With the standard of performance and to support one another differently than maybe we traditionally have. And that that's within our control. So let's change that narrative. So that brings us to why shatter, right? And I think, I think ultimately, you know, the, the statistics we just went through speak for themselves. Uh, there's there's going to be personal stories that come from those stats and, and where we've seen that impact ourselves. And then also the individuals we're going to interview throughout these, uh, this platform. And we ultimately want to amplify the visibility of key leaders to serve as role models. Mm-hmm. We want to shine a light on these women who have excelled within these flexible work practices to not let family commitments impair their career at all. We want to help form relationships for these women to build mentoring groups and to make sure that our peers feel represented and heard. I mean, there's, there's still so many boundaries and boxes and limitations that women feel specifically within our industry in this manufacturing world. So how can we share our stories of what we've succeeded in, triumphed and failed miserably with each other? to then inspire one another, to not let that hold us back so that we are able to truly break free of a lot of these standards and things that we feel that are, are pressing us down. Yeah. So Olivia, in one word, this is a tough one. In one word, why are you doing this podcast? Exposure. I think mm. we need to expose all of these issues that we see from day to day. A lot of these are small, maybe microaggressions that others aren't aware Mm. of and just bring a sense of consciousness to a lot of these issues. Mm -hmm. I also want to be able to expose the wins and successes of others, of our Mm -hmm. peers, Um, just expose awesome women in general and kind of shine a light on on the awesome people of our industry. I love it. There's so many neat individuals out there who have walked all of these different paths in life, whether it's personal or professional, and there's some really neat people out there. So how can we truly expose the good and the bad and, and make sure that, that their authentic selves are being heard? I love it. So let me turn this back on you. Okay. What's your one word? It's a tough one. I think I think this really gets to the why we're doing what we're doing. Um, what, what comes to mind here would be amplification. How do we use the platform we have to share the stories and experiences that are out there? Uh, the goal is to make sure that we can 
give a voice to the women out there and then whoever wants to listen can listen um, but just truly being that conduit to the world for women and shining the light on them awesome and i hope that we will be able to do that with this podcast for sure i think we will i believe yeah so why us why olivia and corinne these two individuals who work for an industrial automation company why are we why are we here to shatter your expectations um so let's let's learn a little bit about us olivia give a little shout out to yourself tell our listeners a little bit about yourself sure so i was born and raised in the rust belt in cleveland ohio but i have lived in washington dc for about three years now I have an undergrad in electrical engineering from Rochester Institute of Technology. Um, and ever since graduating, I've been part of the Rockwell Automation team where I've been on the sales team. I also am currently working to earn my MBA at American University. Outside of work, I love, love, love to work out, um, hike or do anything outside. It keeps me healthy and sane and it's really the only me time I have on a daily basis outside of my work and school schedule since I'm pretty busy with that. Mm -hmm. um, I also really like to keep things light and joke around a lot. I'm, I consider myself a pretty fun person, so, but that's enough of me. So Corinne, can you give us some background? Um, in terms of background, goodness, uh, born and raised outside of Denver, Colorado. Uh, in recent years, though, I've bounced around between uh, coast to coast, essentially Oregon to Pennsylvania, where I currently reside in Pittsburgh, PA. Go Pens, big Pens fan, might I add. Um, graduated from Colorado State University with a degree in mechanical engineering and somehow made my way to Rockwell and joined the, the sales training program uh, and have worked in uh, outside sales um, from there on out mostly serving the uh, heavy industries. I am an avid hiker and biker, and I love everything outside. So really like catch me outside if it's sunny, if it's raining, whatever. Um, I, I love just being outside. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for sharing. And thank you all to our new listeners who are going to be joining us on this podcasting journey. We hope to be able to create some meaningful and entertaining content for you. And we'll see you in the next episode.